Last time on Colony Confidential, it's even a completely different service. You're foaming the drains to eliminate the debris inside of them. You can use a growth regulator. I also found a new product. I'm not going to mention the names of products anymore, but I found a new product that you can apply in a drain that has a growth regulator as well as an actual, I think it's a residual. So we actually got a few of those and we're testing it out. I I found this at Pest World while I was there. But my point is, is here's something that's a true add-on service. For those of you people out there, you may just be foaming drains. We foam drains or we clean them. And we have two very specific prices for each. But as a small guy taking on this bid, you're hurting the industry by taking it all on because now you, you have these large companies thinking it's possible and you really can't do the job correctly. And that's really the biggest problem. When you encompass all of that and every single pest out there, all crawling, all flying insects, there's some new pests being introduced into the Northeast. Stink bugs not too long ago. So they're flying and crawling, whichever one. Now you have to treat it, but it's a new pest that was never here before. Why should that be included in a contract? And who knows what else needs to be done? I think the problem, somebody that's inexperienced in... um Healthcare. These are substantial contracts. So you might see like, wow, that's a lot of money. So let's say it's not that big a hospital, so it's $50,000 and you're going to take care of all the insects. You total up your time, the insurance is involved and the products involved, and maybe that costs you $80,000 a year. Wah. And as my friend, yeah, my friend, the late Sam, my friend, a gentleman who I became friends with, Sam Savino, told me, it doesn't matter how much you make, it matters how much you keep. So that 50 grand looks pretty good until the end of the year when you're out 30 grand. And the problem that we run into with uh, new into the business that don't necessarily have employees is you're valuing your time wrong. You don't care. You're putting 50000 on your books and you're only looking at your, your overhead, not including your time, and you're like, oh, my overhead's $25,000, let us just say. So I'm making 25000 but you're married to that account. How many new accounts? That account. How many new accounts couldn't you handle because of this account? You know, and these little accounts... These seventy-five, hundred-dollar accounts don't look like a lot up against fifty grand, but if you're making forty percent profit on those accounts, they're looking better. So you you have to look at the account. Yes, it's not as much money, but I'm making a bigger profit. So what's the answer? Get a lot more of those accounts. We're making a bigger profit, and you know what? I made mistakes. You learn from your mistakes. So you got to eat a little cow muffins for a while. And you won't make that mistake again. Hopefully, you have enough money saved to back you up that you can get through it. So we went off on a tangent here on contracts. Let me just sum up contracts. As you get into these larger commercial accounts or any commercial accounts, your contracts need to be on point and very specific. And you are going to give in to some of their requests slash demands. Just don't, you don't want to give in to crawling insects and flying insects because that, that could crush you with time with the amount of different pests that could show up, uh, occasional invaders. Like, so that would cover yellow jackets, wasps, and all of those occasional invaders in the summer or all the summer pests. We do, in most of our hospital accounts, we include roaches, including American and Oriental. We include ants, excluding carpenter and pharaoh ants. 
This is all very specific in the contracts. We include silverfish, mice, rats, flies to a certain extent. German roaches. Well, roaches, period. We write roaches and then we include, we write water bugs in parentheses because most people most don't people know, don't American know that roaches. American and Oriental roaches are commonly referred to as water bugs. The flies we've been trying to get away from because we have our fly program in commercial accounts, but to a certain extent, when you're installing uh, 150 fly lights in a hospital, you can't not have flies on a contract. You can't. It's just, it's impossible because you installed all these fly lights. You agreed to maintain them. The hospital or a large commercial account agrees to pay for the maintenance in the sense that anytime it needs new bulbs or new glue boards for replacement, they're going to pay for it. So how can you not have flies in a contract? And somebody asked us this once probably about nine years ago, and they said, you're selling me 15 fly machines, but flies aren't one of the pests. I don't get it, right? You all right? You awake? I'm listening. So it's one of those things, but in the same contract, we have the drain foaming treatment for flies as an ad alternate in the contract so that they know for the life of the contract, here's the pricing if we decide to go with that. And it's separate. So when they say, oh, but you have flies on here, then you could go back to contract and say, yeah, flies, but not, you know, and, and you need to have an agreement with the customer, but you're, you need to have very specific contracts for these large accounts that state everything that you will and will not well only everything you will do the will nots i would keep out well what about we will do under this contract there's no will to me there was never no will nots i mean yeah well i'll do it but it's more money well that's what i mean but in a contract you're not going to have you can't I mean, I guess you can. Some of the larger contracts. All, all we have, emerging issues not covered in this contract will be dealt with at the appropriate or priced term. accordingly. Yeah. But with some of them, like stored product pests, you very rarely see a line item for that. But in in some of the larger bids that we've taken place in, there was pricing for the regular service. Then there was per hour pricing for an extra technician during the day, per hour pricing for a technician at night, per hour pricing for a technician on a weekend, per hour pricing on a holiday. They had it all broken out, a different price for gen pest and a different price for bed bug treatments, and then a different price for gen pest inspections and a different price for bed bug inspections. Human and then canine was also broken out and broken out Monday through Friday, nine to five, Monday through Friday, between 5 and 8.59 a.m., and then weekends and holidays. I mean, like, they broke it all out. And then we ran into stored product pests, which was not in the bid. It was not on paper. And when we, you know, we gave them our standard pricing for stored product pest in, um, this was in, uh, like, an apartment. And they were like, this is nowhere on the contract. How could you charge us this? And I said, well, that, you're right. It is nowhere on the contract. So how do you handle that with a customer? You tell a customer this is our standard pricing everywhere else. So we're offering you standard pricing as we would anyone else. And this is it. And if you would like to look and see where we've charged other people this, we'd be happy to share that with you. So that's a great example, right, of uh, being able to talk to the customer and explain to them why you're doing what you're doing. And that reverts back to customer service. And in these large sensitive accounts or sensitive accounts period it could be a very small medical lab which would be a daycare center would be sensitive being able to articulate the whys the hows the whys of what you're doing and being able to talk some internet snob or internet genius off of their ledge of what they know for a fact because they read it is you being professional and knowing what to do there's certain keywords when uh ever i came up about somebody that you know knew a lot less than me, but wanted to impress me. 
Um, they would mention chemicals, and I would ask them, what's the LD50 on that? And I would get a ama'ala. So you need to know these key words to throw them off or let them know in a nice way that, they, that they're full of cow muffins. Well, it comes down and to uh, you need to know your business. You need to know your business. Yes, but it's more than that. You have to, when I would go there and you talk to them, listen to them, listen to what they expect, what the pro- they'll tell you their problems, and they don't know all the problems. And I would go do, this is before IPM, we made reports called, and we called it the Bible. And we'd give them a copy of the Bible, and some of them, most of them, wouldn't read it, and some of them wouldn't ask very pertinent questions, and we would go from there. And then every three months, we would give them another report, what had been corrected, uh, what still was the same, what was emerging issues, and you worked your way into this person's mind that you were not just the exterminator or the pest management professional, um, you were a valued member of his staff because anything you told him was spot on, and he could deal with it, and whoever he had to deal with, he could tell him, you got to fix this. You weren't too popular with engineering. Or the cleaners, especially well, the overnight cleaners. Yeah. You know, there was people that hated your guts, but that came with the job. But And those people that hated your guts when they got to management positions realized your value nine out of ten times. Exactly. Some of them held the grudge, much like Irish Alzheimer's. You can't really fault them for that. It happens. But you're, you're right. Like you, you need, especially in sensitive accounts, but really in every account, your client needs to buy into the partnership. That, that everybody's together. Bottom line is communication. And Agreed. Talk about sensitive accounts. So we're talking about... Yeah, let's talk about them. We're talking about uh, healthcare facilities, daycare centers. But if you're going to somebody's house and the grandmother's there and she's in a room and she's not in a good way, she's taking a lot of medication, whatever, maybe even on oxygen, you have to be extremely careful in that room and be careful the rest of the house and... If you're there for roaches, I would recommend um, using the, the gel baits and uh, some glue monitors. If anything else comes up, we have to use some heavy stuff. You would have to tell them, Mom's got to get out for a while. I mean, you got to be honest. You just got to tell them, I can and I can't. And if I do it, Mom's going to be might be in uh, more distress than she is now. So a home could become a sensitive account as well. Also, sensitive account, a pet shop. They got valuable animals in there. A zoo. Oh, very sensitive. Also. So basically, Ed Sheen's getting to anywhere can be a sensitive account. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. (laughs) See, see, cuts me off. I should have hit him more. Well, no, but what do you consider a sensitive account? I consider a sensitive account anywhere where I could cause harm to uh, a person, an animal. That's everywhere. You know that, right? Listen, listen to me. That person. Okay, fine. Whatever he's saying, but okay, so some accounts are less sensitive than others. I mean, walk in my house, you could spray. My dog, Lily's going to sniff it and stay away from it. But what if, what if you have a dog there that's an elderly dog? You know, th- these things all are on your mind. So if that's the case, you go with the gel. If you go into an, a regular apartment, everybody's in good health. Well, if you want to use some liquid, then fine. Basically, I think what I'm trying to tell you is you got to look at where are you treating? What is it? What are the pitfalls here? Where can I get in trouble? That's what I'm telling you. Is, there, is that a sensitive account? Maybe you look at it. No, it's not a sensitive account. I would consider a sensitive account. We could name accounts, right? Uh, healthcare for sure. Daycare for sure. A zoo. Sure. And uh, also, air, an airplane would be a sensitive account to a certain degree, right? It depends. But I would say it depends on how quick it's going back into service. 
But the other thing I want to tell you, like in hospitals, always thinking about people, but a lot of these hospitals do research. And I remember a hospital we were doing, and this is before gel. The only thing we could use up there where they were, where they were experimenting on these animals, I saw a pig there almost as big as a pony. Anyhow, um, the only thing you could do was uh, put glue boards around and vacuum and tell them, hey, you got to tidy up uh, quite a bit here. He's spilling stuff in the, was under the cages and crap like that. So, Well, that, that that's a very good point. So a sensitive account should be, cons- and it's tough because, right, it could be everywhere. But a sensitive account is where whatever you could do could seriously uh, change or harm uh, the environment in some way. And what does that mean? Uh, harm non-target organisms. That means a lawsuit. And that can really harm your bank account. Talk about cutting people off. But like the whole reason they don't let you apply any pesticides in those, in or normally won't allow you to apply a pesticide in those labs is because it could significantly affect their research. And the research which helps them to, to create these drugs that prolong human life or research on cancer, whatever it is, which is still prolonging human life. So that would definitely be a true sensitive account. But a sensitive account would be somewhere where whatever you do will be highly scrutinized and could be harmful potentially because there's high traffic or um, a high risk for human consumption of some sort, whether it be dermally, orally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got it. In other words, somebody could get hurt. Somebody could... Somebody could feel... And somebody's going to bust your balls. What is that? What are you doing over there? Is that a pesticide? Okay, okay. So that, that's another category. That's a customer that... No, but this could happen in the hospital. Yes, right? yes. That's what I'm saying. It's not even the customer per se. So if, so it's just... So if it's a patient... It's just a happy ending and that's there for the yeah, day. That could be a patient that's not too well in his mind. So you go in the closet and you find a tie and you go tie the person up. <laughs> Yeah, all right, good one. But that's another thing, so, so actually, sensitive actually, accounts. Wait a minute. Actually, some of these people can become part of your team. When some, I don't mind you telling me, where else are you seeing things? And they're, oh, well, come here, I'll show you. No, so that's, they, that's just a waste. Where else are you seeing things? No, yeah, no, 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 no. They, it's not a waste of time. They'll take you around. They even show you sometimes where they have their food stashed. And then like, yeah, I, what are oh, you doing? You're thinking more of somebody that's a live-in at a, at a nursing home. I was just thinking of somebody waiting in the waiting room for the loony bin. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? It it's could just, be a lot of people we know. Yeah, you know, listen, you're, you're one step away. <laughs> but um, in sensitive accounts, I think to summarize, it is following true IPM, starting off from the lowest toxicity and lowest impact and graduating if, the, if you can't get the problem under control that way, making sure that all of the true IPM buy-ins are there as far as structural, biological, mechanical. We talked about drain foamings, doing all of these things first and then graduating in the level of toxicity to get rid of the problem. In a nursing home, like you were saying, if you've ever serviced a nursing home, you know some of these people in their elderly, maybe they outlived their whole family. We have a guy, Mr. Harris, in one of our nursing homes that every year for Christmas wants a colony hat. So we get him a colony hat. Recently, if you're following us, we have several different hats. We, we have the camouflage hat out now to honor the veterans and all active military people. So we just gave him one of those. Mr. Harris loves us. Mr. Harris is almost like a, a colony cheerleader in a nursing home. It's a 700-bed nursing home, and he loves us and tells people how great we are. Well, sometimes we're telling stories. We had a nursing home, and um, there was this guy there, Frank, and... Uh, 
used to visit him, and uh, he told me I saw a mouse under the radiator. I said, oh, thank you. So we traced it. We found out where it was coming from. We took care of it. Frank was uh, Irish-American, and he hated Ralph Kiner, the announcer to the Mets. He liked to watch the Mets. You ever work here at night? I go, sometimes. He goes, well, you're here like 10.30 or so? I go, no. He goes, I need somebody to shut the TV off. I hate listening to Ralph Kiner. Anyway, one St. Patrick's Day, we got green toilet paper. This is a four-bedded room. And we put the green toilet paper down the middle of the room. I got my friend, the late, great Pat and I, Hilt, to come with his accordion. And we're all singing Irish songs. And we're having a great time. And um, my friend Bob Norton was there with me. And Jack Ovies, the late Bob Norton, great, great Bob Norton, the late Jack Ovies. And in the bed next to Frank Haggerty was this uh, Spanish kid, a young man. And uh, he, his problem was he never talked. So... Of course, we had to have some vodka because it was St. Patrick's Day. Um, the nurses, um, I checked with the nurses, and they said he could have a little. <laughs> All allegedly. And he had a lot. And the kid is looking at us. I gave him, he asked me, you want some? Yeah. So he had some vodka. We're singing. He wants some more? Yeah. So all of a sudden... The kid starts, man, Frankie, this is some beautiful party we're here. And Frankie's like, my God, you're, 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 you're a miracle worker. I said, you know how many freaking doctors and specialists, they, they had to get that kid to talk, and, and now you can't shut him the up. <laughs> I said, oh, just another miracle from St. Patrick. What am I going to tell you? But this is how you get involved. There was other people we got involved with, and yes, some of them are lonely. A lot of them are lonely, and relatives don't show up to, to um, visit them. Uh, I would say 50% of them all would say, could you get my bottle out from behind the curtain? And on the window curtain, there was a bottle of Jack Daniels or something. They'd take a couple of slugs. And uh, uh, another woman, I won't mention her name, but she was a lot of fun, very lively. She asked me one time, uh, we're going out tonight um, to Scarola's. Do you know it? I said, yeah, go see Cheech. I like Manhattans. I got to make great Manhattans. Anyway, we came back that night, and we were working in the kitchen, we're out in front of the place, and uh, the bus pulls up with all of these elderly women in it. And who's hanging out the front window, side front window? My friend. <laughs> she tells me, Ed, where are the sailors? I say, let's go. Get in the truck. Let's get the hell out of here. So, all right. So on that note, the sense of, I can't even speak straight after hearing that nonsense. Wasn't Sen- nonsense. Sensitive that, that, was a, that was, hold on, I'm not done. That was a corporal work of mercy. For those of you Christians, you'll know what I mean. Okay. So, sensitive accounts, I think it all boils down to great customer service. Easy, good customer service. Just put yourself in their place. Guy, guy that's in charge of something in a hospital, one of my favorite lines when we'd be talking about, you know, there's a guy that's close to you in the bid and blah, blah, blah. My thing was, how much, every day, how much of that, I know you got a headache every day coming in here, but how much of it is pest control? They said, look, oh, 20, 25%. I go, how about it went away? I'll be here myself. And then we made it go away. And then you got recommendations and stuff like that. Just like that, it went away? No, we broke our butt to get it to go away. We broke our donkey. Yeah, that's what we did. (laughs) That's what we did. Yes, that poor donkey. A lot of happy endings in those places. Yeah, yeah. So some of these labs we were talking about with the animals in them, they were experimenting on these animals. For you PETA people, it probably saved a lot of lives. Unfortunately, not yours. But having said that... Unfortunately um, or fortunately? Unfortunately. Um, 
anyway, I was going into this when they first told us there's a problem up in the lab. Uh, okay, fine. So we go up there. I go out there. They're bringing this pig out <laughs> that was like as big as a pony. And I had to bring him out to the hallway and turn him around in the hallway. That's how big he was. Very gentle. Would have made a hell of a ham, I'm telling you. But probably not good deed because they, they were doing a lot of experiments on a poor devil. But anyway, um, these are the kind of things you run into. And yeah, my jaw probably dropped. But I was there to, um, they had dogs um, and monkeys, a lot of rats. That's another story. Same place. The administrator, who was a real, real happy ending, he calls me into his office. Oh, the administrator wants to see you right away. Why am I seeing a dead rat in front of my window? I said, oh, hold on. So I go outside. I bring the rat back. He's like, you know, the rat's dead. Give me a break. You know, go outside and get mugged. Then you really have something to worry about, not this dead rat. Anyway, I explained to him this was a hooded rat and that these were used in the lab, which was 10 floors above, right above his office. And... um you're probably going to see these rats in September because that's when the new doctors, doctor, doctor students come in. And they always leave a window open, you know, because that's part of the game. And um, so he says, oh, oh, okay, okay. So I went up, you know, I told him, look, you got to keep the window shut. And I'm explaining to these future doctors that this rat is a domestic rat. He's been raised in captivity. It's not like an outside rat. And the difference is he's white with a black head. I mean, you know, a brown head. Anyway, this happened every year for three years. And I told the guy, he goes, excuse me, this is the administrator. You're running this major hospital. That's right. I said, but can't you remember in September, there's probably going to be a dead rat or two under your window. He goes, oh, yeah. Like, uh. anyway, I used to check with him in September Anything, anything, because in August I had been up there with the windows. I put notes on the windows, keep the windows closed. So, so we didn't solve the problem by, by mitigating, suppressing, or killing anything. We just put a note on the window and dealt with this happy ending guy downstairs. You solved the problem by educating the happy endings on how they would be in happy endings. I don't think he was educated. I just don't think that, I think the kids upstairs or the notes on the windows made it so... No rats were coming out the windows because they were keeping the windows shut. And those people probably were operating on somebody at some time. Scary yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. You know what? What you realize in this business, common sense, not so common. Bada bing. Bada boom. <laughs> Is that a rap? Okay. All right. Thanks again for listening to Colony Confidential. Reach out to us at colonyconfidential at gmail.com. Give us a call. Hit us up on social media, DM us, instant message us, whatever. Also, good news, my friend Danny McGinnis figured his last treatment, and uh, he's in good health again. He's annoying the uh, waitresses down at the last stop, and everything seems to be going good. Should we say bull muffins instead of cow muffins? I think we should say bull muffins, yeah. Yeah, you never heard anybody say cow. They would say bull muffins from now on. Okay. This is Ed Sheehan, thanking you once again for listening. We had a good time. We hope you learned something. Probably had a little fun with us, huh? Until next time, God bless you.